0: How's it going, everybody? Welcome to Fear Frequency. It's a weekly horror podcast where two best friends round up the horror news worth caring about and review a movie or two. So we took a week off because I came back to Michigan and we went out the night we were supposed to record because I got back pretty late. And then we just had a busy week. So we took a week off, but then we decided we'd upload this vi- this episode today on uh, Sunday because then we'll have a whole week to collect news so that the next episode episode 33 will have like a whole week of news so we don't like upload an episode today then have like two days of news <laughs> for an episode so thanks for uh sticking with us here we appreciate you very much for being here uh, i'm your host jimmy champagne if you're a new listener and with me today live and in person is my co-host george Frazard. what's up
1: Nothing much what's going on man
0: we had a long long week yeah long weekend packed full of activities sitting out in the sun finally finished the hell house llc director's <laughs> cut so that was kind of like missold sold to me i think because the the reason i bought it was because it was supposedly having like longer a longer ending but it would just added in more scenes in the middle that were all really good
1: yeah it was more of the like world building of the actual haunted house itself yeah. and less it didn't change the ending at all. The Ending was oh. the exact same as the original cut, but the difference was just a couple extra scenes to give it more, I guess, like flavor, character.
0: Yeah, and they were cool. Like there were effects-heavy scenes, like someone getting dragged into the floor, yeah. and stuff like like an explosion. <laughs> it was really cool. I don't know why it was cut because that movie's not that long to begin with. No,
1: it's really what? It's only like a, it can't it be like more than like ninety minutes. minutes. Yeah. yeah, but I, I actually like those extra scenes, and I think. That that the, should just be the regular version. Yeah, like if you have a way to watch a director's cut, I think it's worthwhile to see it.
0: 14.99 on Amazon.com. You'll get this bootleg quality <laughs> DVD. But yeah, uh, I think I hear a scream off in the distance. It sounds like Donald Pleasance from Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers.
1: Do you hear that? I hear him all the way from... <laughs> From the Insane Asylum in Haddonville Illinois.
0: <laughs> that means we got a Halloween alert. So, the big news this week. It's a small story, but it's big news. The Halloween trailer is coming very soon. So, Jason Blum was tweeting, and he said, And while I'm twittering, as opposed to tweeting, I want to assure hashtag Halloween fans that we hear you. We have read your comments, and I can assure you that early June will be a happy time for you, or perhaps, I should say, most of you. XX. So, that means... That trailer is coming out really soon because today's June second or June first. Today is June third, so it's June third. So we yeah. better get this trailer real soon.
1: Yeah, we thought that we were gonna get it before we saw Upgrade, since that was the latest Blumhouse movie. Right. But, but it's not. It's, not, it's not, not one of the trailers.
0: <laughs> they attached. Uh, that was the first people got to see of the trailer of uh, Unfriended: Dark Web, though. Yeah. That I don't even know if that's online yet. So if you want to see the trailer for Unfriended: Dark Web which actually looks pretty good you can go see upgrade which we're talking about today
1: yeah i mean i thought that trailer starts a little rough Mm -hmm. but it actually got me interested in the movie by the end of it that was something where i was going in expecting to never want to see the sequel to unfriended
0: neither of us like unfriended one (laughs) spoilers we don't like that movie at all
1: but i thought that the trailer for the sequel actually looked pretty good
0: yeah, I did too. I thought it actually looked a lot like The Den, which is a found footage movie that we both like yeah. sung the praises of for a while. It's really weird. There's even a shot that looks like it's straight out of the house that The Den yeah. was recorded it in. It
1: really does like almost like the same set.
0: Yeah, like the exact same layout, which was really weird. I want to like, once this movie's out, I want to compare them because I hope that's just like a nod or something <laughs> or or like not just a freak coincidence because, you know, the plot of this movie is dealing with human trafficking and kidnapping which is a lot of what the den already dealt with so if they're taking ideas from the den and putting them in the movie then i'd like them to at least you know call it out a little bit
1: (laughs) at least give them a little bit of credit for it
0: yeah but the big news here is that we're gonna get the halloween trailer really soon so i don't know what like date they could release it on probably this friday maybe or like it has to be before the end of next week
1: yeah, I mean, it has to be within the first half of June. There's no way the... Because that's early June. Yeah.
0: Like, this week is early June. Yeah. They have this week to release, <laughs> basically. And you think they want to get it out before Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the next really big movie out, so, you know, they'd probably want to get hyped for it now, get people ready for when it comes out in October.
0: Yeah, so, I did a prediction video on my YouTube channel where I predicted it would come out with the upgrade movie, but Nope. the whole video is wrong so that was cool but yeah let's move on to segment one with the news so we've reported on this a couple times but corin hardy who's the director of the nun he was working on a reboot of the The crow with sony it was like set to star jason momoa but it was going to come out october 2019 but or not not october 2019 (laughs) october 2019 sony got cold feet though and they backed out as the distributor so uh corin hardy and jason momoa like stepped back too so this movie is just not happening
1: that's weird too because there was just that uh picture that went out with momoa in the crow makeup
0: yeah that was like a sad photo he tweeted out to be like look at look like look at what we got (laughs) ahead so that's kind of a bummer because corin hardy is a great director he's only had one real film come out in the hollow but The Nun looks really cool, even though that got delayed till the end of the year, which I still think was a smart decision because, you know, releasing horror movies it's in, in September is better than releasing them in April, I yeah. think. Yeah, So.
1: But, I mean, I, I'm not a huge fan of the original Crow. Like, I've seen it. I think it's okay. I don't have any anything really against it, yeah. but I'm not, like, really looking forward to it either. Right. Um, but, but I like just Momoa. I think that what I've seen him, and he's been okay, he's been pretty good.
0: He's from, like, Game of Thrones and Justice League, right?
1: Yeah. He's, like, bro Aquaman in the Justice League, and he's... uh, (laughs) Bro Aquaman. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, I think he could do well. He looks imposing. Like, I would be afraid if I saw him in that crow makeup, like, try to start something with me.
0: Right, right. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I don't know. It looked like a cool costume. Corin Hardy seems like a good director, based on the one movie I've seen he's done. Jason Momoa probably would have been good in the role. It's just weird that Sony was backing away from this because you think like sony would look at all these big huge horror successes and be like hey maybe we should make a horror movie but nope they're backing away
1: yeah and i don't know sony doesn't have the greatest track record for movies like a lot of the movies that they pick up usually don't end up great in as the yeah, final product i don't
0: like sony's movies most of the time so <laughs> i think they're all pretty mediocre most of the time like the best one they put out lately was blade runner i think yeah for sure so
1: <laughs> i don't know they have they're very very hit or miss mostly miss so maybe sony not picking it up is a good thing yeah
0: right and then they just dropped another movie which might have been a good call on uh, their part sony also dropped slender man so they were looking at it as like a lower budget Blumhouse style movie, but the producers of the movie saw it as something bigger, even though they already drummed up a ton of controversy with this movie because like the Slenderman stuff read, led to real murders and they're kind of like making light of it. And uh, so they shopped it to Netflix and Amazon and neither of them had much confidence in it and neither of them bought it. So Slenderman might just not come out, <laughs> which is weird because they released a trailer for it.
1: Yeah, so you'd think they have, like, a good amount of footage shot. Like, a lot of the movie must be... Yeah, the movie's probably done. Yeah. So, the fact that people have seen it at this point, Sony's dropping it, Netflix doesn't want anything to do with it, and Netflix has released, like, five terrible horror movies this year alone. Right.
0: Means... It's like their M.O. (laughs) Maybe maybe it's good, though, because they don't know what they're doing. So maybe they passed on a good movie.
1: I mean, they're like, look, the open house... That's our magnum opus for this year, so you can't we can't pick up Slenderman. <laughs> Netflix
0: just conjured some standards up <laughs> for horror movies. So, I don't know. I, I think that was probably a smart move, though, because the trailer for this movie was not good.
1: Yeah, the trailer didn't impress me, and I mean, I think this movie would have been big if it came out back when the game was popular, like in yeah. 2015, 2016.
0: Which was weird, because they had that free game that kind of blew up. Like, everyone played that free game. But then that studio made a like a game called like Slender the Arrival I think yeah and it was like a full-on story driven like first person narrative game that got pretty bad reviews and it came out on consoles but like still that was like when the hype was real. I mean they just put out a documentary on HBO this year though about those girls who killed that other girl or stabbed her because they said Slenderman told him to do it. Yeah. So this movie was, like, trying to capitalize on that hype, I think, which is not a good which hype to capitalize. Which is in poor taste. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I could just do without Slenderman. I don't think Slenderman's scary. I think it's kind of a stupid concept to begin with.
1: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, like, a pretty bad creepypasta right. that they're trying to put a ton of money behind to make something that's... I mean, the thing is, with modern horror movies, you can make a decent movie for, like, a couple million bucks, and it'll make its money back. Like, the whole thing with modern horror is that, like, you take a movie, you don't spend a ton of money on it, and then you make way more, even if the movie doesn't do very well in the the box office. So, I think it sort of made money.
0: Looking at... If so, like, if a studio comes at you and is, like, looking at your movie as if it's a Blumhouse movie, you should take that as a compliment and not as, like... You shouldn't get upset about that. Yeah. Like, that means it's gonna make a lot of money, probably.
1: Yeah. I mean
0: truth or dare made a pretty decent amount of money
1: because when you limit a movie's budget to like five million bucks no matter how bad it does it makes money so right it it's weird that they think that slender man is like on a higher echelon than all these blumhouse movies and deserves more like budget or more time when it it really doesn't i
0: played the game too i like downloaded it on computer and it's not good the, the Arrival or the, of the original, arrival. The I haven't played one. the original. I'm sure that's fine. Like, a fun, goofy game. Mm-hmm. But the Arrival's bad. Like, it doesn't really work. It's super glitchy. Like, there's weird scripted moments that are supposed to happen at the beginning of the game that just didn't happen for me. <laughs> which I thought was kind of weird because it was, like, a, I think it was, like, a $30 game. And it was out on PS4, Xbox One, PC. Like, it had simultaneous release. But it just wasn't very good.
1: Yeah. Not the, scary. This might be the nail in the coffin for the Slender Man. He which, might... like
0: i'm fine with that yeah just let it go it doesn't
1: really bug me that he's going away it's just this this might be the legitimate end
0: yeah so in news that's actually disappointing though a24 bumped back under the silver lake which is the new movie from the director of it foul it follows so i'm obviously really excited for it we've talked about it a few times we really like the trailer it got awesome buzz out of can but they pushed it back from june 22nd to december 7th that is a big push yeah i don't like that <laughs> like that sucks i think the movie does well so they're like oh we're gonna make sure you don't get to see it like come on
1: i mean it has to be something with scheduling it out in the summer maybe they thought that it wouldn't get a ton of buzz or right. wouldn't get a ton of attention so they were like well, we'll release it in the summer maybe it'll do okay but now that a lot of people really are enjoying it and have you know very singing its praises after cans right they want to give it a full they want push, to give a it a full marketing, marketing push. push they want to have Andrew Garfield out on Jimmy Kimmel and everything like they want to have like a full group of people come out to see this movie because people actually I I think this is probably uh, one of those things where from the trailer it looks really ambitious it looks like it's trying a lot of kind of out there things and storytelling and the use of the soundtrack and they thought you know it feels like they weren't sure if it was going to come across executed well or not right and now that people are saying yeah it's really good they're like okay push it back Let's put everything behind it and make sure it's as successful as it can be.
0: Yeah, I just, I don't want to wait till December. (laughs) I'm excited for Hereditary because everyone's like singing its praises. I'm really excited for Hereditary. I wish we could flip it, honestly. I wish we could get Hereditary in December and this movie now because this movie just feels like a summer movie. It feels like a really good like mystery. I just was really excited to go see this in June.
1: Yeah. It's weird, like you said. Tonally, it feels like they're flipped. Like it feels like Hereditary to be something that would come out in the winter. Yeah. From what we see in the trailers, like filling
0: the spot of the witch. Yeah. The witch film. Exactly. Or
1: but uh, you know, Into the Silver Lake looks like a summer movie. There's like outdoor scenes. There's palm trees. There's pools. People swimming. There's like all people kinds of around on t-shirts people and walking around jeans, t-shirts and like, jeans on. Like it. It feels like you know it's obviously set in the summer, so it should come out. Yeah. Around that time, so i don't know it, it is kind of strange that they're totally yeah yeah like the opposite and they're coming out in the opposite no nah, i'm like movie. i'm
0: actually disappointed <laughs> like this was like this was very high on my list of anticipated movies for real i just i just watched it follows again a couple weeks ago and that movie is just it's so good i i never understand how people don't under like don't love that movie mm-hmm. it's so good and i was really it's been a while it's, that movie came out in 2014 and we're finally getting the follow up. Like, this guy, I want to see his new movie so bad. Yeah,
1: um, but at least we know that it's pretty good from yeah uh, from what critics say at Cannes. So yeah, uh,
0: we're we're both big fans of yourmoviesucks.org and he really liked it. Yeah, George was telling me I YouTube's doing that thing like where it doesn't show notifications for people. I have the bell on for. I have it on for him and H three H three Productions, and I don't get notifications for them anymore.
1: Yeah, it just came up in my, um, like, recommended feed. Not my subscriptions, but, like, the videos that it's like, you should maybe watch this. Yeah. So, I think there's there's still some issues going on with that. But um, I, I am happy to hear that it's good. It just sucks that now I have to wait six more months to see it.
0: Yeah, that's a bummer. But some good news is that we don't have to wait much longer for the Suspiria trailer. That's coming out this week. The Suspiria Twitter account <laughs> tweeted out, next week is going to be a trip with a picture of a camper. Like a trailer. <laughs> like a trailer. Yeah. So <laughs> that's pretty funny. I took a little screenshot of it and at the time it had two thousand likes and seven hundred and seventy six comments. So people are excited. Uh we posted a picture on Instagram though. Two pictures released from this movie, and we asked our Instagram followers if they were excited for this Dysperia remake, and it was a resounding no. People are salty about this.
1: Yeah, this is uh A movie that, you know, we we just watched this recently, and both think that it's, you know, kind of a horror masterpiece. Yeah. And... That soundtrack. The soundtrack. We were just
0: listening to it an hour ago.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But, um, it's... You know, it's one of those things where I think people hold the original in such high regard that they don't want to see anybody tamper with it. Yeah. Because it's something that they, you know, really hold near and dear to their hearts.
0: Yeah, and I get that.
1: And I get that, and I understand why you wouldn't really want to see... A remake of something like that mm-hmm. but at the same time if the and we were talking about this a few weeks ago with uh, jonathan but i think if the director can t- take the movie in his own direction add his own flavor to it i think that that has its own artistic merit and should be seen you know without having to say well it's not as good as the original
0: yeah i agree and it's also it's been said so many times that this isn't a shot for shot remake like it's more of a reboot, like taking the idea of the story, keeping the like heart and soul of it, but then switching up the actual action scenes and the horror scenes. So it's going to be different, which is good.
1: Well, yeah, because you you can't really. I feel like the first, the original, is like lightning in a bottle. It's something that's so unique and so you know, crazy to watch in general that there's no way you could ever recreate that. To yeah. take scenes from that movie and try to make them modern day, I think would kind of ruin. It would take some of the like heart out of it. Mm -hmm. some of the the life that was like breathed into that movie but right uh so I'm happy to hear that it's you know it's just a the director's take on the idea so that's interesting I I am excited to see it I'm excited to see what the trailer looks like um obviously we haven't seen too much news about it but I think that people should maybe maybe give this a chance before they write it off completely
0: yeah and it comes out November 2nd which is very soon just kidding that's really far away (laughs) I really want to see this movie though. I'm I'm excited. I want to see the trailer. I think we've gotten we've gotten like screenshots. We've gotten a poster. I want the trailer. I want to see it. I want to see it in action.
1: Yeah, I want so. to see what kind of tone they're taking with it. Maybe we'll get to see you know the exterior of the ballet home, and we'll get to see a few things. So yeah,
0: that'd be really cool. Yeah,
1: I'm excited to see what it looks like.
0: So next up here, uh, Dead by Daylight is a game that our like conception of it was from close to launch but it looks like the more and more research I do into it the looks it looks like it's becoming like a better game a and b like a key player in like the multiplayer arena I was checking online and uh I looked at Steam charts and Friday the 13th which I thought was a much bigger game only had 900 active players on Steam and this game Dead by Daylight had about 25,000 so that's a that's a big yeah <laughs> Huge difference. Uh, and so they also just released a test build. So they have a test server like you know all the big games do, like PUBG and Rainbow Six. Whenever there's new content being added to a multiplayer game and they want to test it out, see how it works, see how it affects the meta and stuff, they'll add it to the test server. So you don't have to pay more for that. It's just something that... If you buy the game you get access to the test server so if you don't mind playing like something that's a little bit less balanced than it would be in a final release you can check that out and they've teased a new killer called the clown it's an original killer it's finally one not from a movie and they have a new uh, counselor or survivor named Kate Denson and she was supposed to be in the game in previous updates but they kind of held her back and then now they're adding her in and this is just in time for the game's two-year anniversary also and I looked into it, and it looks like they also redid the entire progression system, which is a point of contention for me for a long time. So it might be time to jump back into Dead by Daylight.
1: Yeah, I'd really only played it a little bit. Uh, I played it when yeah. the, the Michael Myers DLC came out. We played a little bit of it.
0: Yeah, because I, we both got keys when it launched, and I kind of put a little bit of time into it. Uh, that was a long time ago now, two yeah. years. But I kind of want to try it now. Like This makes it sound pretty legit.
1: Yeah, um, I I like that gameplay loop. I think it's an interesting style where you take the, you know, killer versus multiple, you know, real people, and the the ideas to kind of work together in a way to like either outsmart or capture the killer, and kind of have a way for you yeah. to escape. And I think this game kind of does it right, where they have so many different killers that all have like yeah. something unique and something.
0: They even have like a ranged one now.
1: Yeah, like so there's all these cool variations to it so it doesn't get stale as quickly as something like uh the Predator 13th game where there's jason i mean there's jason with, you can get different abilities for him and yeah but, but all, it's jason but it's jason every time
0: and i think the cool twist on dead by daylight is that the killer is first person and that the counselors yeah. are third person i think that's pretty cool i know why you can't do that with jason but they could have reversed yeah, like you it. want to see him yeah they could have reversed it and had the counselors be uh, first-person, because the counselor models look like garbage anyway <laughs> in that game. But they just released a new update for Friday the 13th where they moved it to Unreal Engine 4, and they finally released their single-player challenges. There's 10 of them. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're delivering on what they promised, but it looks like it might be too little too late because uh, you know, people aren't playing the game. But they might be on PS4.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe it's just... I, we don't know those numbers. It's not growing on the on the PC market. Yeah, but
0: it just seems like if you look at both of these games and you look at like which one wants to be a casual fun experience, that's Friday the 13th, mm-hmm. but if you look at one that really wants to actually be like a contender in the multiplayer, like competitive series of games like this Dead by Daylight, it looks like it's making some really strong moves.
1: Yeah, just seems like there's a layer of polish on this game that you don't see in other games in this sphere. This kind yeah. of like gameplay loop.
0: Yeah, this really turned me around on it, I think. I'm going to try it out when I get back to California, I think.
1: Yeah, we should probably play a couple rounds Yeah, we of should it.
0: play. If, if anyone listening wants to play with us too, I think you like as a Survivor squad you can have up to four people. So just let us know. Uh, we're both on Twitter and Instagram, but I'm Jimmy Champagne and George is George Rizard. Let us know if you want to play Dead by Daylight with us on PC. I know our friend Dustin over at uh, the Final Boys, he was like a streamer. Like a pretty big big Dead by Daylight streamer and then he quit, but he's always up to play with us, I think. So, next on the list is a really surprising story, is that Andrew Lincoln, actor who plays Rick Grimes and has for eight years, is leaving The Walking Dead six episodes into season nine. Whether he's killed or written off, he's out after episode six. Maybe it's time to wrap it up.
1: Yeah, so it sounds like the mid-season break for uh, season nine is going to be rick dying or rick something happens with him he's not yeah. not gonna be around anymore
0: he has to die right like, and he has
1: to die unless they want to replace the actor with like Yeah, they're not gonna do that. <laughs> it's just like there's no way they could do that without a huge backlash but i mean I, this is a show that i thought was like one of the more popular shows going on like i think i always thought that like yeah. the, the numbers were huge and i think that it's it's not really like a numbers issue i think it's Andrew Lincoln's probably just sick of playing Rick after all these years. Yeah. And, you know, with certain events that happen on the show where you're not really sure where the future's going, maybe he saw that in the writing and was just kind of like, yeah. Yeah, I mean,
0: I stopped watching because, like, you'd get these action-heavy episodes with zombies, but then there'd be, like, five episodes of flashback and (laughs) just drama and just dumb shit in between. It felt like... You were waiting for the peaks, and then the valleys were just getting wider and wider between those peaks. And I, I, I get why they split the seasons up, but having to watch, like, two half seasons in a year is just so stupid. Like, I hate that.
1: Yeah, that really does add to what you're saying with, the like, the valleys getting longer, where you don't... You know, they, they build it up all for six episodes, and then they have a big crescendo, and then you wait for five months, and then they bring it back. Yeah. And it's just, that really... It kinda takes the wind out of the sails when you're watching it and you wanna experience the whole story. Right. So I don't know, maybe it's a thing where people aren't really into that anymore. They're kinda sick of it after all these seasons. I mean it has it's been on TV for a long time.
0: Yeah, almost almost a decade. Yeah. And And I still remember the first watching the first episode on Halloween, all those years. It's crazy. Yeah.
1: I mean it's it, it might just be time to wrap it up. I know uh what Robert Kirkman said that he's wrapping up the comics pretty soon
0: yeah he is
1: so i think maybe it might just be time for walking dead to be done
0: yeah but it doesn't look like they're gonna end it because uh daryl the actor who plays him norman Reedus, got offered a ton of money to be be the the main main character of the show now yeah like i would have wanted this around season six i was really only watching for rick and then once negan came in i was like i didn't like this in the comics like i'm not gonna like it here and turns out, like, yep, I didn't, made me stop watching the show. <laughs> I would have liked if Norman, like, they always tease Norman Reedus as being a bigger part of the show. He never really was, though. Yeah. I mean, he was just kind of there. Yeah, you'd
1: see, like, the poster for the next season, and it'd be, like, Daryl's yeah. crossbow hanging down, and you're like, oh, he's gonna do something cool this season, and then he wouldn't really end up doing anything, and I don't know, he's always taking a back seat, but he's obviously one of the more popular characters amongst fans. People are always talking about him. He's a character that's not in the comics at all. He's, just, you know, purely for the show. So it's, it's weird that, you know, like he is in there and he's probably the next logical person to be the showrunner, to be the the main character. I think that's just kind of logical in the sense of people who still watch it, who they like the best and who they want to follow. But I don't know. I don't, I think once Rick is gone, you're going to see a pretty big drop off. Yeah. an even bigger one
0: than they got last season. And Lauren Cohen's also leaving. She plays Maggie. She's leaving after season nine. Uh, she's on a new show called Whiskey Cavalier. So it's like none of the original cast will be there, really, except for Daryl. Because I don't know if Morgan's still there. But Daryl came in later, I thought. He was, was he... Yeah, he was part no, of season he's, one. No, he was part of season one. Everyone else will be gone.
1: I mean, that's crazy.
0: But Because Chandler Riggs was out last season.
1: Yeah, so it's like, you know, it's something where people have to really be into where the current story is and where it's going. Yeah. And I don't know if that's the case i don't know if people are just watching for the characters or if they want to you know follow the people they like the best and... remember
0: when uh topher grace left that 70s show and what happened when they tried to keep that going yep
1: that was a p- pretty colossal failure yeah
0: so i don't know i kind of think it's just time to wrap it up
1: and and the thing is like that's hard to do because i don't know how you end it like in a satisfying way
0: dude rick wakes up in the hospital <laughs> out of his coma it <laughs> been nine years Shane's still alive. Carl's still there. Spoilers. (laughs) Lori's still there. Everyone's fine.
1: I think that would just rub a lot of people the wrong way.
0: (laughs) Well, they obviously don't care about making their fans happy based on some of the fucking dumb plot decisions they've made over the past couple seasons. So (laughs) I could see them pulling some dumb move like that and acting like it's bold and not just stupid. Yeah. So I don't know. But we got some other crazy news. Just as crazy, I think. There's a new Fallout game coming out, which is awesome and before you hear all the details it's awesome (laughs) so bethesda had a stream where they talked about it they released a trailer for fallout 76 the trailer is very cool it has a great song in it uh you know take me home country roads by john denver but it's a cover yeah but it's a a good cover yeah good cover but people think it's the original song and it's not (laughs) uh it's a cinematic trailer obviously made in Fallout 4's engine like you can totally tell that the graphics are the same. Mm-hmm. And so this game it takes place in Vault 76 which is a control vault that's been talked about in other games before which means there was no weird experimentation, no one went into cryo sleep. They went into the vault and then 25 years or 20 years or whatever after the bombs dropped, they came out and started rebuilding civilization. So this is a very early in the timeline Fallout game which is cool. And it's also going to have a multiplayer component and be very focused on survival and base building. So what yeah. do you think about that? <laughs>
1: um, I think, like, obviously the first thing that came to my mind when I heard this was, uh, like, the gameplay loop of, like, Fallout Shelter where yeah, there's, you know, you build the base through, oh, I need this room to upgrade my science to do yeah. X, Y, Z. And I think a lot of those elements are going to be in there. I think it's going to be... Um, maybe not that, like, simple. I think it'll okay. pro- it'll probably be, like, a little bit more complex in the sense of, like, you need to have your science at this and your food levels at this. And there's probably some kind of management system where you need to keep everything kind of even to make sure yeah. your vault's alive and make sure that people can survive in the wasteland. There's right. probably going to be some of those elements of, you know, having, like, a general, like, happiness of making sure everyone can survive and, and grow. Yeah. So I, I think that is kind of fun.
0: I think you're. I don't think it's going to be like Fallout Shelter in the sense that you're building a vault. I think once you're out of the vault, you're out of the vault. But then you're going to be building communities.
1: Yeah, probably. And it it sounds like there's going to be like it'll look like a typical
0: Fallout game where yeah.
1: it'll be first person and you might be doing like quests and you might you know there's there yeah might jason still be the... schreier
0: at kotaku went on he's the one who like leaked what this kind of game is because they're going to announce everything about it at e3 but he was saying that uh it is gonna be like a really good bethesda game like he's heard from multiple first-hand sources that have played it that say like it is like a fallout game for sure it just has a different focus but there are quests there is like looting and all this stuff and it's built in fallout 4's engine. But I really... My least favorite part of Fallout 4 was the... The building. Yeah, the, the settlements. I didn't like yeah. that at all. That whole menu system was terrible.
1: Yeah, so I think if... <laughs> I also didn't like that I'm currently stuck in a mission in Fallout 4 where I have to build <laughs> a teleporter and just have no idea how to navigate the menus yeah. to build what I need to do to make it work. So uh, I, I'm not a big fan of the building mechanics in Fallout 4, so I think that they need to do... Uh, It
0: needs to be much better than the workshop mode.
1: Yeah, they need to definitely do an overhaul of that whole system... Yeah, totally. ...to to make it... No question. ...like, workable to the point where... If the whole game is about building things up and increasing your settlement in size and efficiency, then that system needs to be fine-tuned instead of, like, an addition to what you do in a normal Fallout game.
0: Yeah, and so uh, my biggest problem with survival games, like, as a whole, is that they always feel janky as shit and, like... They come out of early, they, like, they come out of early access, and it, really all it is is they just put a 1.0 on it. Like, it really never yeah. feels like a full release. I know Conan Exiles just, like, had this problem where they said it was released, but it's still janky as hell. Our arc was like that, and, like, any, name any big survival game except for, like, some Nautica and The Forest, and yeah. they all have problems coming out of early access, like even Rust. So I think it could be cool to have a sixty dollar game from Bethesda that you know is gonna have like all that jank ironed out, hopefully. Like they know wow. what they're like I mean, it's
1: well, Bethesda game's usually pretty pretty janky at launch. Yeah, but like it's it's but, a but I know kind. what you mean. Like it'll be it'll they'll have a lot of level of polish where yeah everything they'll have thought out the mechanics of all the building and they will have like right. systems put in place to make it work and won't feel like yeah um next week we'll be rolling out you can build a laboratory or something like everything will be in the game yeah, it, it and just it, might... at a
0: systems level it'll probably be totally fine yeah
1: exactly and it, it definitely needs to be because i think a lot of people are sort of in like a, a fallout nuclear meltdown over yeah this game. yeah and the subreddit is not the subreddit is not happy at
0: all but it's I don't know. I'm, I'm one to wait and see what we'll get. I trust Bethesda. I like basically every game they've released. Yeah. Like, seriously. I'm,
1: ex- I'm excited to see what kind of information they drop at E3. Maybe we'll get an extended trailer or... I mean, we probably won't get any kind of gameplay or anything, but I think it'd be cool if we get to see maybe something more... Something in-game, mm-hmm. you know, that... You know, not just a, a cinematic trailer like we did.
0: I think we will, because Bethesda's really good at announcing a game and releasing it in the same year. Yeah. And it's not... So Bethesda Game Studios, it's the main studio. Yeah. Like, this is the studio that makes Fallout and makes Skyrim, or makes Elder Scrolls. They're doing the, like, Fallout component of this game. But Bethesda opened up a studio to make a hero shooter called Battlecry, and the studio was called Battlecry Studios. But then that... They saw how Lawbreakers did and how Paladins was doing all these other competitors to Overwatch, and they were like, we're not going to enter that space. So they uh, instead of firing all those people, they absorbed them into the Bethesda Studios to work on the online portion, which is cool.
1: Yeah, so... I mean, the online portion seems... That part seems kind of strange to me, because I'm not exactly sure what that component is right. going to be. Is it going to be something where... I have a, I have my own Fallout Shelter going, and you have Fallout Shelter going. Yeah. And then you can drop into my game, or I could drop into your game. Or is it something, like, asymmetrical, where you set up your base, and then while you're gone, it can, like, interact with your friends or something, and you yeah. can get extra resources for having friends with bases, or... Yeah, or... I'd be
0: fine with that, because me and you could lose hours to this. Yeah,
1: for sure. Like, if there's some kind of element to where if, you know... Like, let's say you need a scientist, and I have a really good scientist, and I need a farmer, and you have a really good farmer. There's some way to, like, trade resources or have it be where, like, they can be uh, interdependent, in a sense, to, like that where we can trade resources and get better from like knowing each other and both having bases i think that's kind of a cool element
0: yeah i don't want it to be like rust where when you log off your shit's just (laughs) open like people could just break into your house destroy it (laughs) take all your shit i don't want that i don't want this to be a persistent online world i want this to be like a fallout game with a heavy emphasis on survival and base building that you can play with your friends yeah and like you have a character that you level up yeah exactly so like Because Fallout has great perks. Like, Fallout has a great leveling system. If it had the same leveling system, and then it just focused more on base building, then I could go in your game with my level, like, 30 guy and play with your level 30 guy, and we could just, like, fucking have fun in an online (laughs) Fallout world, and then I could take my guy back to your game. That'd be cool. Yeah.
1: I I could definitely have have some fun with that. I think that'd be cool to where, like, basically playing online is only a benefit to you and not a, like something where someone can come in and destroy yeah. things that you've worked hard. Yeah, on. I'm not about that. <laughs> yeah.
0: So that's the news with Fallout 76. Hopefully well, e 3s three is next week. It starts next week. Yeah. So, so
1: hopefully we'll probably get some news.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to get into the Bethesda press event. I really hope I do because I'm, I want to go so bad. Yeah. Uh, but next on the list, one more thing. We found this game on steam called crying is not enough. Uh, it came up in my feed, and I was like, "Oh, this looks like Alan Wake." And then, if you watch the trailer, it looks like Alan Wake mixed with The Evil Within, and it lo- it looks like a little janky. Like, I'm not gonna say it looks like a triple A game, yeah, but it looks functional. And unlike every other horror survival game that comes out, there's actual like gunplay in it.
1: Yeah, And it looks cool. Yeah, the guns look like they all have a, a good like weight to them, a good feel. The shotguns look punchy. There's like the big yeah. the clouds of smoke when you shoot them and stuff. And the enemies and environments look really good.
0: Yeah, there was a part where an enemy exploded and it looked great in the trailer. Yeah, And you could tell it was just gameplay because of how the character was moving in the yeah. trailer.
1: I mean, it it doesn't look, like you said, as 100% polished as like a triple A, something that would come out of like a Bethesda or something. Right. But it looks like better than it has any right to be it looks like a really good survival horror game made by uh just like this indie company that hasn't made anything else
0: yeah and since we're not getting another alan wake anytime soon and it looks like evil within it's kind of done too yeah it's good to know that like we have some game, coming some kind out. of
1: spiritual successor to it in, in all way, shape, or form. Yeah,
0: and what turned me on to it also is the fact that it comes out on it comes out June eighth, and it's coming out on PS four, Xbox One, and PC simultaneously. Like that means some real work went into making sure that this was going to be like something that the developers see a return on. Yeah, uh, they were. It's two guys who were working on it since twenty thirteen, and they put it on Steam Greenlight and got like immediately into like Steam with it then they rebooted it in 2015 redid all the animations started from scratch and they said it turned out a lot better so i'm gonna play it
1: yeah this looks really cool um i'm i'm probably gonna get it on the 8th well yeah I'm planning for the next episode maybe have a short segment where we talk about yeah first it'd be really fun to have a
0: review so we'll we'll give it a shot regardless
1: yeah it looks cool though i'm excited for it
0: yeah so we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll be right back with our review of upgrade all right so we're back from our quick break and this week we're talking about upgrade it's a new movie from lee winnell who is the writer of insidious he directed insidious 3 he wrote insidious 2 and 4 he wrote saw he has a cameo in saw he's written a lot of stuff he's a really cool guy uh, and this is his new movie that he wrote and directed it's a sci-fi movie from blumhouse tilt which is partnered with neon and it stars logan marshall green from the invitation as gray betty gabriel as officer cortez benedict hardy as the bad guy fisk melanie vallejo has gray's wife asha and harrison gilbertson as aaron keen so basically the plot of this movie from wikipedia or IMDb is it follows a man who gets a chip that controls his body implanted into his brain after he's left paralyzed following a mugging jason blum is the producer and is producing it through blumhouse pictures so that's cool uh it does not show its budget at all.
1: No. This is extremely polished, and the world looks really, really good.
0: Yeah, so basically, you know, uh, Gray is this character who exists. He's in. The, it's in the future, like near future, but he's kind of like a retro man. Like, he doesn't like computers. He, want, he works with his hands. He fixes cars that run on gas. Yeah. He's, like, against computers. So this big tech guy uh, named Aaron Keene hires him to fix a Firebird... It's a Trans Am, actually, but they call it a something else in the movie. <laughs> to fix a Trans Am, and he fixes a Trans Am, goes to the guy's house. Guy's like, "Hey, thanks for fixing that car. Here's this little spider robot I made that is like can fix a severed brain stem, basically. And it's then... supposed to be
1: like a second brain for your body. Yeah. So like if you become paraplegic or uh, you know lose like a, an arm or something, it can relay information between your brain and the rest of your body so that you can regain your movement in those parts of your body
0: yeah so on the way home from aaron's house uh asha and gray get in a car accident and gray ends up becoming a paraplegic and he ends up getting this little robot implanted in the back of his neck and his wife is also murdered and then he teams up with the robot named stem because the robot can talk to him (laughs) to go find and kill the men who killed his wife so it's a pretty cool revenge plot
1: yeah kind of unique in that sense yeah um the action scenes are all amazing yeah like the actual when he lets stem take control and kind of fight for him and yeah. use his body as a tool those are shot really well They're, yeah
0: yeah yeah the camera it looks like when you know when people are wearing a gopro on their motorcycle helmet <laughs> where the camera is tracking your body yeah and not like moving with the world yeah moving with the, exactly or, that's like yeah. what it looks like
1: yeah so it's kind of these like harsh movements of where it follows like his arm goes up like extremely fast and like punches someone in the head and then like moves around like it really looks like he's not controlling his body which is like uh you know singing the praises of whoever choreographed it all because it really does look like as if someone else is controlling his body
0: yeah and so many people call logan marshall green budget tom hardy but like (laughs) i think he's a great actor he did a really good job in this he plays the role really well and he just kind of fits the part perfectly
1: yeah, I mean, I've only seen him in this and The Invitation. I don't know if he's been in anything else, but he's been pretty phenomenal in both, in my opinion. I think that, you know, I, I like him better than Tom Hardy. Like, I think he's a, yeah. a good actor. I think that he plays the part well. He looks like a good kind of action or horror sci-fi, like yeah. like a mate lead. And I don't know, like, I, I just, he was very believable in the role.
0: Yeah, and this movie, I don't know how they got, the, like, the city they live in. The house that they live in, like, the way that the future world looks. It looks like Blade Runner, but, like, 50 years before Blade Runner. Like, yeah, it's It not... looks like the world evolving into what Blade Runner's world is. Yeah,
1: you can see the path that it's going to take. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it doesn't look... You know, it's not Blade Runner 2489 visuals or anything, yeah. but it, it looks good. Like, it looks believable.
0: And, it, and the gore is The gore amazing. is amazing. Yeah, it's I like, so yeah. <laughs> good. There's, like, heads exploding. They show this shot in the trailer where he, like, puts a knife. He's behind a guy, and he, like, does a, like, a headlock move, but then puts a knife between the guy's jaws and yanks it back. Yeah. Like, that looked really good. There's some really cool stuff related to, like, body mods with guns and everything and kills in this movie. Like... It's it's very well paced for a ninety five minute movie. It felt like it was about two hours, but like not in a bad way. Yeah. Like it felt full. It didn't feel like they were skipping ahead or anything. Like the plot moved along nicely. There was a good humor also breaking up the like, you know, drama aspects of it. There are a lot of jokes in yeah, this movie. And they're
1: funny. They're like they're well written <laughs> jokes.
0: And they're not offensive either. No, like,
1: they're just you know, they poke fun at the world in some ways and kind of like I don't know. They're just well written. They fit well. It doesn't detract. It's not like oh, I was thought I was watching like an action sci-fi movie, and why yeah. is it like, you know, are they trying to be like Thor Ragnarok and just put a bunch of jokes in it? Like it, it doesn't yeah, feel like that's that. That's exactly
0: at all. what it. It's not like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not trying to be funny. It's just like the humor in there is organic and it works really well. And just like you think the plot, it kind of does this thing that I hate. That we're gonna, we're gonna bring up the millionth time. Yeah. Where, for the most part, the plot is very predictable. It feels like... It kind of feels like a long-lost RoboCop remake, you know? Like, I mean, something that may have started as a RoboCop remake and moved on to something else. Yeah,
1: it's much... It's like the modern-day RoboCop remake that should have happened instead of that one that came out in, like, what, 2013 or yeah, whatever? Yeah, the
0: retrofuturism in this movie is so much better than the, like, yeah. world that that RoboCop yeah. <laughs> remake came up with. Because that movie just looked so bad. Yeah. But this movie, is, it's, it feels like RoboCop. But then at the end, when you feel like you figured everything out... The twist ending is just like, it's not, it's one of those ones that we always talk about where you don't, it's not that you don't get it because it's so smart. You don't get it because it's so far out of left field.
1: It's something where they act like they've left all these clues throughout the movie. Yeah. But there's no hint of any, any foul play happening at any point. So you look at the end and you're like, okay, like, sure. Like I accept it, but I don't agree with it. (laughs)
0: Yeah. <laughs> nice <laughs> solo line. <laughs> yeah, and so Betty Gabriel's character, Officer Cortez, I didn't, like, love her. I think she was kind of, like, the weakest point yeah. in the movie. Like, she was... She kind of suspects what's going on with Grey and, like, the guys who killed his wife and stuff. But she comes down at, like, an 11. The entire movie. She's, like... S- She's like, I figured out that it's probably Gray, even though this guy is a paraplegic, as far as I know. Like, at the, p- there's a point where she kind of, like, is suspecting him when there's no reason she'd ever believe that he's not a paraplegic.
1: Yeah, and the thing is, it's not like he has no reason to not be very into the case. Like, he comes into the police office, and he's like, okay, so you guys aren't doing anything? I'm like... You know, my wife was murdered, and you guys aren't doing anything to find her yeah, killer. Yeah, there's a five
0: month time jump. Yeah, and he comes in, and they've like, well, we got some names and a couple interviews, and nothing's panned out.
1: Like if that were, you know, if that were my situation where my wife was murdered, I'd be pissed too. I'd be trying to find stuff. You know, I'd be trying to track track down some information if the cops aren't doing anything. Yeah. And so when he does that, she's like, oh, he must be doing some foul play. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, work
0: with me here, blah blah blah. Yeah. Like it's like okay, like come on. <laughs> like his vigilante justice works out like it, it it's cool <laughs> it serves a good plot purpose but you feel like she's there just to be like the stick the mor- in the mud yeah like. the stick in the mud moral compass it, and i don't know she's like i'm not a futurist either like i drive my own gas powered car like well it's just like uh i don't know she was like my least, least favorite part of the movie i
1: agree um i think that she was probably the weakest part uh she does have um there's one uh, car chase scene with her in it that I thought was pretty cool, yeah. Um, which is just kind of more of the action being really good and yeah. well paced and well choreographed. But I-, I agree, she was definitely the weakest part of the movie, okay. Um, but overall, I think that the story works well, the action scenes are good. It's, def- it's definitely worth a watch in theaters. I'd say, no question, go out and see it,
0: yeah. I definitely think it's worth going to see in theaters. And then also, the other character I didn't like was uh, Gray's mom. She's just there to, like... That was kind of weird. She's there to bridge the gap between him and Officer Cortez, you know, to, like, get get them connected, and, like, once Cortez starts figuring things out, the mom's basically there to give her definitive proof on the fact that Gray can, like, use his body again, but then she's gone. She's just out of the movie after that point. Yeah,
1: she really feels like a plot device, not a character.
0: Yeah, and then once it's revealed why certain people are dying and stuff, like, the whole point of the movie... it the fact that, like, she's still there is like, huh, that's kind of like a loose end that you just left there, you know? Yeah, that's something... It just felt kind of tacky, I think.
1: Yeah, it just, it didn't feel like her, like, her role was extremely well thought out. It felt like we need something to, you know, have the officer be able to figure it out, but not talk to him directly, because there's no way he'd ever say, like, yep, I'm using STEM, and we're gonna, like, hunt down all these people, like, you know, that would never happen, so they needed someone else to do it for them, basically.
0: Right. But something I really did like was that... So, basically, they have a bar about halfway through that's, like, for people who don't want to be tracked, because this in this world, there's drones flying around, like, police drones that record everything, there's cameras everywhere, you have a trackable implant in your teeth, and uh, there's this bar where you can't have any of that. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool. It kind of felt like a John Wick-type situation, you know? Like, yeah, it's
1: like their version of the Continental, where... Yeah. It's, like, where all the, like, hackers and the kind of underbelly hang out because they're, like, against the the system and they have, like, their own agenda that they don't want the police to be involved in, which is cool. That worked well and it felt, you know, it felt, like, cool in-universe.
0: Yeah, and the stuff it makes you think about with, like, AI and, you know, like, helping paraplegics and, like, helping people who are paralyzed, it's all, like, really interesting stuff because there's also another angle where like the bad guys in this movie they're also augmented but they have things like guns in their arms and like things that stop them from feeling pain like wiring in their yeah. chest. There's a really cool part where one of the bad guys like the enemies gets killed and then they dissect him and you can see all this wiring between his like rib cage and his skin and that looked really cool. And like having a shotgun implanted in your arm that shoots <laughs> out of your hand was sweet. And there's a bunch of cool action scenes related to that
1: yeah those augments all i mean they feel like something where if you were in this like pseudo futuristic world you know someone might think you know if if these augments for good are possible augments for like evil are also possible
0: yeah and they wanted to introduce this idea that like asha's company was working to help wounded veterans but like there's this whole like corporate espionage plotline that you kind of feel like was there at some point but then they kind of took out a lot of it, you know? Yeah, because he's a
1: pretty minor character in the movie. Yeah. And it feels like, by the the conclusion, when he comes back in the third act, that he would have had a higher stake in, like, what's going on.
0: Yeah, and, like, it's what his wife, at the beginning, she's on the phone, and, like, her boss is like, you got to pick a side. Like, you got to either be, like, an idealist or, like, a corporate person. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. And it's, like, such a quick phone call where she's like, yeah, whatever, hangs up. And it's, like, so quick. But that is, like, a key plot line in the movie where it ends up that her company is uh you know she her company is the one making the bad guys
1: yeah so and
0: but like you're like oh okay like that's a plot thread like
1: yeah that's like you know some of the writing isn't great like that where i think they had bigger ideas yeah and like they maybe they were originally going to try to go for more of uh maybe like a blade runner or Blade Runner 2049 where the whole movie is like you know it's not very action focused it's more thought provoking about yeah. what makes AI human what's the difference between technology you know where do you draw the line yeah. and I think like you said maybe originally some of that was in the plot where they were going to focus on that but then they went all in on action instead Yeah, which I, I don't discredit them for because I they did it really well Yeah, the, action the actions are great. are great they're well and blocked and everything and it all looks good and it feels fast I mean it feels like They might have originally wanted a Blade Runner and then were like, let's make it a John Wick. Or like a RoboCop. Or a RoboCop or something like that. Yeah,
0: and it's like, but for Lee Winnell to just be like, ah, you know, I made a ghost movie. I made like a thriller with Saw, you know, a dark thriller. Uh, I want to make a sci-fi movie to like come out of nowhere with this. Like how well written it is and how deep the world is and everything, especially on that low of a budget. Yeah. Like he did a pretty good fucking job. Definitely.
1: I think that it's. Like you said, for this to be the first foray into writing like a sci-fi storyline, it's pretty great. <laughs> like, yeah, it's. I mean, it, it's such a well-built world where you can see other things happening in it. You could see, not necessarily a sequel, but maybe something set in the same universe or uh, something connected to it in some way. Yeah, because it feels like fully fleshed out, and that there's a lot of stories to tell in this world. Yeah. And I think all that is, like, definitely something to commend uh, Liebman Hell for.
0: Yeah, and I thought it was really cool that during the surgery part, they show, they have this great dummy, or whatever they made, like, it has layers of, like, like the, when they're implanting stem into... yeah you know, grey. It's like they cut the skin and I thought it would cut away. But they cut the skin, they cut it deeper, they peel it back, and you see like skin, muscle, like blood. Yeah, it and looks then, like, like a real body. And you see a spinal column and stuff. And yeah. it's like, whoa, like that's really cool. <laughs> like there's so many little details like that that didn't have to be there. But like they made the movie better for being there, you know? Yeah. Which I thought was really cool.
1: Yeah, I mean just the use of the practical effects. In both the action scenes and like the surgery yeah, scenes, yeah, there's so much practical, in this a ton movie. of practical effects that all come out, come off so cool because they're yeah. executed extremely well. Yeah,
0: I never quite, I never was like, oh yeah, it's a movie. I was right. always like, this is sweet. I love this. Yeah,
1: and the like you said, the pacing was great, so it, it always keeps you like going in the story. You you know, you always feel like you're on the the trajectory. Yeah. following along. It's well paced, well shot. Action scenes are great. You know, I just, I really liked it personally.
0: Yeah, and then so the biggest thing that's going to help this movie out is if you go see it in theaters and then word of mouth is what they're like really word hinging of mouth. on. Word of mouth. <laughs> yeah. Logan Marshall green, he tweeted out like, I think he filled a tweet character limit with low, like word of mouth over and over again. And then like upgrade in the middle of it and then word of mouth, like 50 more times after it. So if you see the movie and you like it, make sure you tell some of your friends or like bring friends with you when you go see it. Cause this movie, it's smaller than a normal Blumhouse movie. Like this is made through Blumhouse tilt which is basically, like, Blumhouse... Jason Blum partnered with Neon Pictures Mm -hmm. and has his own little label. This isn't, like, the size... This isn't in the same banner as, like, Truth or Dare or Happy Death Day or Halloween. This is, like, a much smaller thing but feels bigger than all of those movies, which is cool.
1: Yeah, it has a level of polish that you wouldn't really expect. You know, it it feels like there was a lot of... Maybe not a lot of money, but the money was spent well in creating this and that everything... You know, everyone wanted to make sure that like the quality of this was going to be something uh, like worth remembering, uh, worth remembering, worth people going out and seeing. You know, they didn't want it to be something that was released on VOD. They wanted a theatrical release for it, and I think that it deserves people. Oh, to it see totally it in deserved that theatrical yeah.
0: release. Like we saw it on opening night at 7 p.m. Like we went on Thursday night, so we went to the technical midnight showing at 9:45 actually, and it was in the smallest theater in this movie theater, yeah. and no one was even there. Like there was no like one was there to see people. bigger movies. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, that was kind of a bummer. I were, Like, the screen was, like, off access a little bit and stuff. <laughs> that was kind of annoying. So if you do go see it in theaters, like, I feel like either way, that's still the best way you're going to see it.
1: Yeah. I Like I said, I I believe this deserves a theatrical release, and I believe people should go see it if you want. Once you see it, you're going to be like, I'm glad I supported that because I want to see more movies like this.
0: Yeah, and everyone who goes and sees it, I've been noticing on Twitter, goes like, man, you know, like, I thought everyone was just like, you know, just saying Upgrade was good, but I went and saw it. It was really good. So you'll probably like it if you go see it. If you have any interest in it at all, go see it in theaters. Do you have anything else to add on it?
1: Uh, I think that about covers it. I mean, I just, I really enjoyed it overall. I think, what would you give it out of five?
0: I give it a four on Letterbox.
1: Yeah, I, I'd probably also give it a four.
0: Like there were just a few little errors, just like with plot and writing and, you know, like I feel like a little bit more money would have gone a long way on some things.
1: Yeah, maybe maybe a little more like focused writing, more yeah. uh, like you were saying earlier, where it feels like it maybe it was going one way at one point and then f- flipped. Maybe yeah. if they went back and took took the story down a little more to the bones when they yeah. figure out what tone they wanted and then built it up that way, it might have gone, might have flowed a little bit better. But right, uh, I think that there's enough like it's all nitpicky stuff. Yeah, it's but, all really. Nitpicky but if you're looking at as
0: a film, that nitpicky stuff adds up, and it's just like. Overall, I wouldn't give it five stars.
1: Yeah, it's it's not like a perfect movie by any means, but I think it's good enough that it warrants uh, a view in the theaters.
0: Yeah, totally. So that's it for episode 32 of Fear Frequency, guys. We're going to be back next week, normal day, Tuesday, the full episode. I don't know what we'll be talking about. I'm seeing Jurassic World this week, so hopefully we can talk about that at least a little bit. We're working on getting some more guests, but if you want to help the show out, it would really help us out if you'd give us a rating over on itunes we we capped off at like 15 but we have all five stars which is nice we got some great reviews but if you're a newer listener we'd really appreciate some feedback over on itunes it doesn't even have to be five stars but if you like the show we'd appreciate five stars and a nice little review from you but uh you can follow me on instagram and twitter and youtube and everywhere at jimmy champagne and you can follow george on twitter and instagram and everywhere at george frizard and you can follow the show at fear frequency So, I think that about covers it, George. You want to bring us home?
1: Yeah. Uh, As always, come back next week for more horror news and reviews, and you never know who might be listening.